Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. KFI AM 640 Los Angeles. Orange County. And KOST HD2. It's 5 a.m. What did you miss? It's time for Wake Up Call with Jennifer Jones-Lee. Good morning. Welcome to your Friday Eve. Walked in this morning and I always say, morning to Editor Trevor. And I said, Friday's just around the corner. I think for us, why it's such a big deal, and maybe if this is for you too, we're such like a, we're like a little team. All of us who have to get up kind of in the middle of the night go to work in the middle of the night. We're about the only people, I think, who have Monday through Friday gigs who do have to get up in the middle of the night who really look forward to those two days off. Not necessarily because we're going to get a whole lot of stuff accomplished. Not necessarily because we think, oh, we've got a big party to go to or something this weekend. It's because we get to sleep in. No alarms. It's like Christmas comes every weekend. It's KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk. I'm glad I'm on your team. We're a good little crew, right? I'm Jennifer Jones-Lee, and we'll be watching these April showers bring May flowers, or in this case, May showers just keep coming. We'll talk more about this late-season rain in SoCal today, and we've got more on the way. Fire investigators say power lines owned by PG&E are to blame for California's deadliest wildfire. And 23 Democrats are now running for president. Who's the latest name in the hat? We'll find out. 505, it's ABC's Karen Travers. President Trump is expected to unveil his new immigration plan today. We'll get a preview from Karen. 605, it's Handle on the News, but let's start with some of those stories coming out of the KFI 24-hour newsroom. The National Weather Service says a storm out of the Pacific has brought a small chance of thunderstorms, even hail. Most areas can expect a quarter to three quarters of an inch of rain. Major flooding or debris flow are not expected. That's good news. Some light snow is forecast at high elevation, like in the San Gabriels later in the day. Wind advisories have been issued for many desert areas in the IE and San Diego County. Cal Fire says PG&E power lines caused the deadliest wildfire in state history. The fire killed 85 people, destroyed 18,000 homes and buildings, and burned more than 153,000 acres. Investigators say electrical transmission lines ignited the fire in the town of Paradise. PG&E filed for bankruptcy in January after projecting $30 billion in potential losses from the campfire and other fires. Under California law, utilities, including PG&E and SoCal Edison, may be held liable for costs if their equipment is found to have caused a fire, even if they followed safety rules. Steve Gregory, King of Fire News. Another doctor linked to USC has been sued over sexual assault claims. Natalie West says someone penetrated her with an object during a routine nose job in 2014. I was too embarrassed to talk about it. Her lawsuit against the doctor and USC claims she had bleeding for six weeks. You don't know when you're out, when you're in surgery, you don't know what's happening to you. And it's all in a private surgical center. She says she doesn't know who actually assaulted her during the surgery. Andrew Mullenbeck, KFI News. Well, a year has passed since hundreds of women announced they were sexually abused by a USC gynecologist. 
Ventura County Senior Deputy DA Audrey Nafziger says she was also sexually abused by Dr. George Tyndall. She says it's upsetting that no charges have been filed. I think there's more than enough evidence to go forward on a variety, a wide variety of crimes, especially since they found a treasure trove of evidence that he had in storage and probably including photos of me. Nafziger says it's also been a year since the L.A. County D.A. received the full first of 100 criminal complaints in the case. Tyndall has maintained his innocence. The L.A. County D.A. says the case is still under review. Alabama's newly signed abortion law has been criticized by more than just Democrats. Pro-life televangelist and former Republican presidential candidate Pat Robertson calls the law extreme. They've passed a law that would give a 99-year prison sentence to people who can commit abortion. There's no exception for rape or incest. Robertson says he supports forcing a court confrontation over Roe v. Wade, but he says Alabama's legislature went too far. My humble view is that this is not the case we want to bring to the Supreme Court because I think this one will lose. More than a dozen states have restricted or attempted to restrict abortion so far this year. The Missouri State Senate has passed a bill to ban abortions at eight weeks or later. The only exception would be medical emergencies. The Republican governor of Missouri supports the abortion restriction, but first it has to go through the State House of Representatives before the legislative deadline tomorrow. We're going to talk more about all of this coming up at 520 with ABC's Sherry Preston. Make that 23. 23 Democrats are now running for president. I'm Bill de Blasio, and I'm running for president because it's time we put working people first. All right, well, this is another expected one. New York Mayor, New York City Mayor, Bill de Blasio says his city's expansion of health care, pre-K, and minimum wage can be a model for the nation. People in every part of this country feel stuck, or even like they're going backwards. But the rich got richer. I'm a New Yorker. I've known Trump's a bully for a long time. De Blasio is also focusing on climate change. A poll of New York City voters last month found 76% did not want de Blasio to run. And happy National Bike to Work Day. Well, it's actually tomorrow. But in SoCal, we usually celebrate it a day early. LA Metro, OCTA, and other SoCal transit lines are offering free rides today for people who want to ride their bike to work. It's a little rainy out there, so there might be some people who go, nah, I don't know if I want a bike to work, and they'll sort of celebrate tomorrow. National Bike to Work Day is tomorrow, but SoCal usually celebrates a day early. Why not get a jump on it? We say hello to ABC's Karen Travers, who's going to help us unwrap at least a little preview of what the president's new immigration plan is later today. Karen, good morning. Yeah, good morning. This is a proposal. It's not legislation that's really important to emphasize here. This is a plan that uh, the White House is hoping Congress runs with and turns into legislation. But I'll say, you know, the headline is going to be that it's unlikely that what they're proposing today turns into legislation that then is passed by Congress because of what's not included in this. What is included, though, is this is an overhaul of the visa system. Still 1.1 million green cards would be given out each year, but who gets those would be dramatically changed. Instead of um, giving many of them to people with family ties here in the country, it's going to favor highly skilled, highly educated, English-speaking workers instead of people with family here in the country already. That's where the priority would go. But the big thing that is not in here is any 
addressing of undocumented immigrants and there's no addressing of DACA recipients. And Democrats say that has to be a part of the conversation. And even some Republicans say that has to be part of the conversation, which is why I think this is going to be met with a pretty lukewarm reaction on the Hill. Yeah. The White House, though, is saying it's a proposal. Let's see what we can do with this. And the goal here for them is uniting Republicans, not uniting Congress. Yeah, because it kind of feels like it's DOA. Should it stay this way? Yeah, but absolutely. are they just trying to get uh, some sort of a foundation so they can go, OK, you guys can pick this apart, but we had to start somewhere? Yeah, there's that. And also, you know, we're a year and a half out from the election. So look for this to be a central part of the president's election message. And it's a way for the president and the administration to, as we were told yesterday by a senior official, show that the president doesn't isn't against immigrants, but he's in favor of legal immigration. This is the uh, the vehicle that will allow him to convey that message to voters. All right. Well, we'll see then how it all shakes out today. Karen, thank you so much. Thank you. That's ABC's Karen Travers. I have a feeling the most, uh, well, well, it, it doesn't sound that different in a way. It doesn't sound that different from the president's stance from earlier. So I think now all it's going to be today, the probably the most fun part will be not what we hear from the president necessarily, but the reaction from both sides. Although, in a way, that's getting a little old, too. Let's be honest. It's partisan. You know exactly what each side's going to say. So... Actually focusing on the Republicans who disagree with the president today, that might have the most merit or that might at least be the most entertaining Uh, because you know what the Democrats are going to say. They're going to hate everything that's in it and the president's going to love everything that's in it. So it's those sort of middle of the rotors that might be who to watch today. Let's get back to some of the other stories coming out of the KFI 24-hour newsroom. A new financial disclosure from the president is expected to show how the Trump brand is holding up under the new Trump administration. Reporters are waiting to comb through the new documents to find any revenue changes at the Trump organization's key properties like Mar-a-Lago and the International Hotel in Washington, D.C. Yemen says the Saudi-led coalition has killed six people, mostly children, in an early morning round of airstrikes. Saudi Arabia has blamed the Iran-backed Houthi rebel group in Yemen for using drones to attack a critical Saudi oil pipeline this week. Saudi Arabia called it a terrorist act. The Saudis are Iran's largest rival in the Middle East. Oh, attorney Michael Avenatti. His trial in Orange County will likely have to wait now until the end of the year. In arguing against the two to three month timetable put out there by the court, Avenatti's new attorney, Dean Stewart, told the judge he's pretty jammed up with a case this fall. And on the way out of the courthouse, Avenatti quipped, we'll see who goes to trial first, me or Don Jr. We're going to allow this process to play out. We're going to demand facts and evidence be presented before anyone is convicted of anything. And among that evidence is 115,000 pages of documents, mainly bank records, that the prosecution says it has to turn over to the defense for discovery. In Santa Ana, Chris Carlo, KFI News. An LAPD jail on the west side is staying closed for at least one more day of pest control. Some inmates at the Pacific Station Jail complained. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. About bed bug bites. The 28-bed facility got sprayed yesterday and is due today for an exterminator checkup. 
Prosecutors have charged a transient for allegedly using an e-scooter to beat a woman in Long Beach. Officials in Louisiana have confirmed Amud Redding was released from a mental health facility in February after allegedly setting his family's house on fire. The man faces life in prison if convicted for Monday's deadly attack. Redding is due back in court at the end of the month. Well, the trip from parking structures to terminals at LAX has gotten a little bit longer. The airport is taking down the walking bridge to Terminal 6 tonight. LAX's Keith Wilsheet says closures will start at midnight. All lanes of the curb front will be closed, both upper level and lower level. So the traffic is going to be detoured from the upper level to the lower level at parking garage 4. Wilsheet says a total of six walking bridges will be taken down to make room for the future tram. The helium shortage has deflated some bottom lines for businesses in SoCal. Irvine's Balloonzilla CEO Brian Borokoff says the cost of helium's increased from 31 cents to 46 cents per cubic foot over the last five years. If they don't, who knows where it's going to go? You know, helium is not an infinite resource. You know, we only have a certain amount of it. And a lot of it gets, you know, bled out through the atmosphere into, uh, into space. Borokov says Balloonzilla does balloon decorations for special events and says the business has been trying to steer away from helium in exchange for air. Borokov says one way helium prices could decrease would be if the government releases some of its strategic helium reserve. Now, this is funny, and I don't know if this is true. Have you guys gone into a, I want to say it's a, I don't even know what dollar store it is. It's, it, um, hmm. somebody can email me. It's the dollar store on Citrus in Azusa. I don't know which one it is. Anyway, when you go into these where they used to have the balloons hanging all over the place and it was great because if you were going to somebody's birthday, you could like grab a card and a balloon and it was two bucks and at least it looked like you made some sort of effort. Not saying I did that, but it probably did. Anyway, you can't do that anymore. They don't have the helium balloons up in there. And I wonder if it has something to do with the cost of helium going up. Because if it's going up that much, that would make a big impact on a dollar store. So, maybe. Do you like how I'm, I'm figuring things out on the air, out loud with you? Sorry. And the time has come for the Big Bang Theory to say bye-bye and bazinga. The hour-long final episode is scheduled to air tonight at 7. The first episode aired 12 seasons ago in 2007. Woodstock 50, it's back on. A judge in New York has ruled the Japanese company originally backing the music festival had no right to cancel it. The 50th anniversary festival is set for August in New York, but not at the same farm as 1969. The lineup includes modern pop and hip-hop stars along with some original acts, including Santana. All right, when we come back, we'll talk with ABC's Sherry Preston. Now that the governor of Alabama has signed that near-total ban on abortion into law, what are other states going to do? And what's the future of Roe v. Wade arguments? We'll find out from Sherry. Plus, coming up, it's your chance to win $1,000. We'll check traffic on the 110 and your forecast all coming up on your wake-up call. AM 640, more stimulating talk. It's a Thursday morning. Your weekend's almost here. I'm Jennifer Jones-Lee. Some of the stories we're watching in the KFI 24-hour newsroom. Yes, it's May. Yes, this is Southern California. And no, this is not normal. The National Weather Service says a storm out of the Pacific has brought a small chance of thunderstorms and hail. 
Most areas can expect a quarter to three quarters of an inch of rain. Major flooding or debris flow, though, are not expected. Some light snow is forecast at higher elevations in the San Gabriels late in the day. Wind advisories have been issued for many desert areas in the IE and San Diego County. And fire investigators say power lines owned by PG&E are to blame for California's deadliest wildfire. The Butte County District Attorney has been given the new report and will consider whether or not criminal charges should be filed. The campfire last November killed 85 people, destroyed 15,000 homes and buildings, and burned more than 153,000 acres. Under California law, a utility can be held liable for its equipment starting a fire, even if it followed safety protocols. 535, we'll talk with ABC's crime and terrorism analyst Brad Garrett, who will take a deeper look into the pros and cons of facial recognition. Violation of your civil rights or tool to help cops catch bad guys? Brad will lay it out for us. 605, it's Handle on the News right now. It's your chance to win some money. Win $1,000 right now. Text the nationwide keyword TALK, T-A-L-K, to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's TALK to 200-200. And if you are the winner, you're going to get a call from a number you don't recognize. you got to pick that number or that call up. Otherwise, they'll move on to somebody who will. Your chance to win comes 14 times a day, starting with me, all the way through the first hour of the Conway Show. Let's say good morning to ABC's Sherry Preston. So, Sherry, now that the governor of Alabama signed that near-total ban on abortion into law, what are other states going to do, and how did this all go down yesterday? Well, uh, first of all, we should tell you what happened very early this morning. The Missouri Senate passing a bill, one of those heartbeat bills. This one, eight weeks uh, from the you know from the time of conception. Um, they joining states like Kentucky, Ohio, Mississippi, and Georgia in passing this. But what the difference is between those laws that have passed in Alabama is the is the Alabama, as you mentioned, Jennifer, is a near total ban on abortion. What it would do, it would make it a felony to perform an abortion in the state of Alabama, and any doctor who does could be subject to up to 99 years in prison. Now, they know in Alabama that this bill is going to be um, challenged in court, and they know that the circuit court, they will probably strike it down. Um, Then they know that it will probably go to the U.S. Court of Appeals, and then it will probably go to the um, U.S. Supreme Court. Here's the deal. Everybody's been talking about that, that the last stop will be, you know, the Supreme Court. It has to make it up to the U.S. Supreme Court, and they do that by going through the 6th District Court of Appeals. And the 6th District Court of Appeals involves the states, you know, several states. It includes Tennessee, Kentucky, Ohio, and Michigan. And that court is loaded with appointees from the Trump administration and the George W. Bush administration. There are only five appointees on there from Presidents Clinton and Obama. Um, So that there is a good chance that these Alabama lawmakers say of getting it to the Supreme Court through the 6th Circuit. That's what they're looking for, and they say that that, they think that'll be the crucial final stop before the end. Now, there's a lot of people who say that the Alabama bill went too far, that, you know, even Pat Robertson says it went too far, because they're saying it's, 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 if they're going to do it, you know, this is not the way to do it, but the Alabama lawmakers are saying, look, why bother with these other bills that have to do with the heartbeat? We're going to do it once and for all, and we're going to make this decision, and we're going to take a look 
look at the 1973 Roe v. Wade decision and do it once and for all. That's their goal. Yeah, and you can see these other states, like say in Missouri, who are saying, okay, but up to eight weeks. They're, they're putting in, I guess, some different provisions where the Alabama one is almost completely across the board. It's just if a mother's health is in, uh, you know, is in peril, then that's the only reason why you could have an abortion. Rape or incest, that's the one that's getting a lot of people. Like in a case of rape or incest, maybe that should have been worked into it, but it wasn't. Well, the, the, the same thing with the, the same thing with the state of Missouri. I mean, they're the only exceptions are for medical emergencies, and this one is the only exception is for the life of the mother. And the Alabama legislature did that for a reason because they're saying that we know that this violates um, the current laws on the books um, in regard to Roe v. Wade. But our point is to get somebody to sue us, the ACLU or Planned Parenthood, and then we take it to the appeals court process, and then we take it up to the U.S. Supreme Court. And the U.S. Supreme Court is the one that's going to have to make the decision because this is a law that does involve all instances across the board, even in cases of rape or incest. So they're going to have to, you know, if they get to that point and conservatives, um, you know, who are who are in support of this say that they see with the appointment of Justice Neil Gorsuch and also Brett Kavanaugh, this is their best chance at getting it to the Supreme Court and getting it through the Supreme Court. All right, Sherry, thanks for explaining it. I'll talk to you again soon. Take care, JJL. All right. See you later. That's ABC Sherry Preston. That's interesting. I mean, it's an interesting legal tactic to go, yeah, we're going to throw this out there. So now bring it on. We want somebody to bring it on. We're baiting you to bring it on. And I'm sure the, the, I'm sure that people like the ACLU or Planned Parenthood or whomever it happens to be who ends up being the sue, the sewer in this already had the papers drawn up. It's not like this was a secret. It's been out there for a while. So, of course, they were ready to go. But that's exactly what the state of Alabama was hoping for. Just sometimes those legal wranglings are fascinating. Let's get back to some of the other stories coming out of the KFI 24-hour newsroom. A conservative commentator says she's been censored on Facebook. Michelle Malkin told Fox News Facebook removed her post that criticized the social network for banning several people, including Alex Jones, Louis Farrakhan, and Milo Yiannopoulos. This is an existential battle. And I'm not saying that just because it's self-serving, because I've made a living over the last uh, 20, 25 years uh, a lot of it uh, online and never had to worry about this kind of... Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Deplatforming. I'm saying this because we need a vibrant marketplace of ideas. We need an informed citizenry for a constitutional republic to function. And when Facebook and Silicon Valley overlords have their thumbs on the scale of free speech, that is a concern for all of us. Uh, look, there's a lot of people who've been deplatformed that uh, folks out there might be uncomfortable with. But all I did that caused Facebook to censor me, Laura, was simply stand up for a couple of my friends. Laura Loomer and Gavin McInnes. The ACLU has come out against Facebook's censorship, saying conservatives are the targets now, but next time it could be different. Aaron Bender, KFI News. So what you having for breakfast? A little bacon? Maybe some eggs? A little toast? 
I don't know if you're like me, the thought of like a, a full breakfast at this hour, you, you weigh the options of, do I let myself sleep in for an extra 10 minutes or do I go cook breakfast? Mm, sleep always wins. Always. All right. Well, later in the day, though, sometimes you go, now I'm hungry. About 830. A little bacon and egg sandwich sounds good. Well, bacon lovers, listen up. The price of pork is expected to rise at record levels later this year. Officials say African swine fever is killing off China's pork industry and its entire population could shrink by a third. So how will that affect prices at the grocery store? Experts say China is the world's largest consumer of pork and providers may not be able to come up with demand, which could cause, you know, ripple effect, could cause the price to surge. So... Eat up on your bacon because we might not be able to afford it soon. Well, for the first time, a large experiment suggests that trimming daily dietary fat and eating more fruits and vegetables may lower a woman's risk of dying of breast cancer. And the results are notable because they come from this test that involves almost 50,000 women over two decades, rather than, you know, other studies that try and draw health conclusions from observations about how people eat. But the healthy women who modified their diets for at least eight years and who later developed breast cancer had a 21% lower risk of dying of the disease compared to others who continued to eat as usual. However... The risk was small to start with, and the diet effect was not huge, so it did take 20 years for the difference between the groups to appear. The diet change also did not lower the risk of developing breast cancer, which, of course, was the study's main goal. Doctors still say, though, the results show a way a woman might improve their odds of survival. So, you know, another one of those studies that you just sort of file away in the back of your mind, but not something to think about, that's for sure. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk with ABC's crime and terrorism analyst, Brad Garrett, who will help us take a deeper look into the pros and cons of facial recognition. Violation of your civil rights or tool to help cops catch bad guys? Brad will lay it out for us. Then I've got stories about kittens, dogs, and whales. How can you not come back for that? so long to be where I'm going In the sunshine of your KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk on this Friday Eve. Welcome to it. I'm Jennifer Jones-Lee. Some of the stories we're watching in the KFI 24-hour newsroom. Alabama's newly signed abortion law has been criticized by more than just Democrats. Pro-life televangelist and former Republican presidential candidate Pat Robertson calls the law extreme. More than a dozen states have restricted or attempted to restrict abortion so far this year. And New York Mayor Bill de Blasio has announced he's running for president. De Blasio has said his work in the New York City area should be a model for the nation like universal pre-K and an increased minimum wage. A poll of New York City voters last month found 76%, though, did not want de Blasio to run. 550, we'll talk with ABC's Matt Wolf. This is kind of weird. Why would thousands of Game of Thrones fans petition HBO for do-over? Matt will explain. 605, it's handled on the news. But right now, I want to say good morning to ABC's crime and terrorism analyst, Brad Garrett. Brad, thanks for joining me. And let's let's take a deeper look into this facial recognition software. You know, it's all come to light after San Francisco decided to ban the use of facial recognition software completely, citing a lot of civil rights violations. But then there are other people who will say, hey, another tool to help cops catch bad guys. What can be wrong with that? 
Right. And, and it really all goes, it boils down to how you use it and what sort of regulation and control is over using it. Because I think San Francisco's big concern is the abuse of it. And my guess is, they're not saying this, my guess is there are certain populations in San Francisco, they just don't want the police to track. Uh, and so I think that's part of it. But, but, you know, the number of positive things from stopping people before they commit a, a terrorist act or a violent crime or finding missing children, uh, it's used in the medical profession, it, you know, it's used at airports. I mean, it goes on and on and on how it can make our lives safer and potentially better. First of all, I couldn't agree more with your assessment of San Francisco and the possibility that they don't want certain people uh, in this software uh, after living there for 20 years and covering news up there. I can almost uh, say for certain that you're correct on that. But, you know, following up on that, though, then I have friends who are cops in the Bay Area who say we would never apply to work in San Francisco because our hands are constantly tied. It's it's one of these things where we're given these tools that could work, that could help us catch people, but then all of a and they go, mm, but somebody might be offended by that, so we're going to take it away from you. Right, and so what I think is they'll eventually back off of that. I think they are, are supposed to officially vote on it next week, the Board of Supervisors, but you know, what's going to happen, again, me guessing, is that something really bad happens to someone or a group of people, and the person could have gotten stopped if, in fact, they would have been using facial recognition. So, you know, obviously, God forbid that happens, but the point being, you know, that sometimes it takes catastrophes to get people to change their mind. All right. Where are some of the, let's let's look at some of the successful ways facial recognition software is being used. Okay. So think about that uh, a person comes into the country that the CIA and the FBI have been tracking. And he or she, uh, they scan them as they come into the airport, say, in Los Angeles and they start to move. You scan them at the airport, you now know they're in the country. And they move into other locations where you have facial recognition cameras. And, and maybe you already have a potential target that they're moving towards. You can literally stop them before they commit an act. It's the same way, for example, if a murder has been committed or one's about to be committed, and you have somebody scanned in, and you have the cameras in certain locations, you can literally track them. And it's happened, actually, in police departments where they've caught people within 30 minutes after a crime because they were able to, to figure out where they were via facial recognition. Okay, so there's there's the positive. There's the way that we are nailing bad guys via facial recognition. What about then the, you know, anti, the folks who are, you know, against facial recognition who cite places like China literally scanning right. the entire population and kind of tracking them? Right, right, which, you know, it's sort of inconceivable that could happen here. I, I get why they're able to do that in China. Uh, I think the other concern is that people will over-rely on facial recognition. For example, let's say, Jennifer, that I was tracking you, okay. and I don't have any evidence you committed, you know, fill-in-the-blank crime. However, you're a suspect, and I come up and I see that you pop up on facial recognition at LAX, uh, and so we stop you it, it, and maybe even arrest you. But I have no other evidence that you ever committed any other crime. So the whole idea is hanging your hat just on facial recognition is what I'm trying to get to. It's kind of like putting together... A murder case where you have no evidence, but the guy or gal has admitted that they have done it, but you have no other evidence. It's a big problem. And so, 
it's, 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 it's what I call, there's a word in the law called reasonableness. you got to use it in a reasonable way, and you have to have some oversight and control by management of how and when you can use it. You, as an expert in the field of crime and terrorism, looking at facial recognition software, weighing both sides of it, in your final analysis of it, do you say yes, use it, or no, don't? Absolutely use it. And the reality is we're not going to stop using it. And neither is the rest of the world. So it's like, you know, we got on this technology bandwagon and we're not getting off of it. All right, Brad, thank you as always. You always have great analysis of this kind of stuff. I appreciate your time. Take care, Jennifer. All right, see you later. That's ABC's crime and terrorism analyst, Brad Garrett. And that that's the thing. It's at what point does our safety outweigh civil rights, which is what people are, you know, screaming about, that they don't want to be tracked or whatever. And Handel and I are, are on the same page about this when it comes to, I didn't do anything wrong. I'm a pretty boring everyday Joe. That eh, tracked me all day long. I couldn't care less. But there are other people who say, no, I don't want that. I, I don't, I, I too haven't done anything wrong, but I don't just, I don't want this big brother technology. I think that's what the supervisor Aaron Peskin in San Francisco called it. I don't want this big brother technology following me. All right. And that too is that, that's your right to that opinion. But at what point does safety matter? At what point does that make a difference? And we'll see. I mean, in a place like San Francisco, of course, this is going to come as a hot button issue up there. Other places, you might not see as much pushback. There, you could almost see the pushback. <laughs> I mean, literal, the, the literal pushback. I could see people actually pushing the paper away. Like, absolutely not. We're not even going to entertain this idea. But, uh, you know, San Francisco is quite different than the rest of the country. But we'll see. All right, let's get back to some of the other stories coming out of the KFI 24-hour newsroom. First off. Yesterday, I went to the Pasadena Humane Society, and when I go there, I, I don't know what we're going to talk about, and our days kind of vary, so it could be, you know, different people time to time, or they want to highlight different events that they have coming up. So this weekend, they have Catapalooza coming up. I mean, how much fun is that? If nothing else, if you've just had a stressful week, I can guarantee you, because I did it yesterday, going and playing with kittens and just hanging out with kittens is about the most stress relief thing you can do, stress relieving thing you can do in your life. So I walk into this room, it's the kitten nursery, as they call it, with Chris, who's the head of their their kitten nursery, who I swear, I told him, I'm like, you ever done radio? I would swap you jobs for a day. You can talk about all the bad, crazy things, stressful things that are happening in this world. I'm just gonna come hang out with kittens all day. Kind of sounds like a plan to me. Anyway, so as we stood there and talked and just literally held kittens who mewed and mewed and mewed and squirmed around and, and, you know, tried to wriggle out of your arms for about five minutes. And then five minutes later, they were fast asleep. That is the best part of a kitten. Little sleeping kitten after it's just played all day. Anyway, the best part about Kitten Palooza is that it's free. So free cat adoptions May 18th and May 19th, all cats. And they always say two cats are better than one. Because think about it. If you get one kitten home, that kitten has nobody else to play with other than, let's say, your couch. Or let's say your blinds or your blankets. There's a potential things are going to get um, a little ripped up, if you know what I mean. Now you give it another kitten, those two can roll around all day long. Or you get one cat 
There, go get another one. Or you want the mama cat and one of the babies? Boom. Go do that. And something else I learned yesterday that I thought was fascinating. Did you know that one mama cat can have multiple daddies to her litter of kittens? And this all came up in a conversation because there was a black cat sitting there. And every kitten in her litter was gray or white or orange. And we we said, how can that be? How can you have a black cat and, and no signs of, you know, black on any of the kittens? And he said, well, there could be multiple fathers to this litter. And I went, kittens or cats. I did not know you could, you know, get around like that. I mean, to each his own. I'm all about cat empowerment, but whoo, a little racy there with the cats. Anyway, Catapalooza is this weekend, May 18th and 19th. Free cat adoptions, all cats and kittens. Take one, take two, take ten. I'm telling you, they need your help because kitten season is seriously on. They are packed in that kitten nursery. Sad story coming out of the Bay Area. The 10th dead whale has been discovered in the Bay Area in two months. The whale carcass washed up on the um, Lindemar State Beach. And they said it's not immediately what was clear of this particular cause of death. Four out of 10 of the whales found dead on the Bay Area shoreline since March 10th died as a result of ship strikes or suspected ship strikes, they say. A ninth whale's cause of death has yet to be determined as of last week. So these two latest ones are a bit of a mystery. But, you know, right off the bat, they were able to say, yep, definitely ship strikes. NBC's Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon's gotten some backlash for letting Morrissey perform while wearing a pin supporting far-right politics. The British musician took to the stage this week wearing the logo of the For Britain political party. The party's website calls for reduced immigration and the end of Islamization of the UK. It didn't go over well on social media. Motley Crue wanted a little piece of that rock and roll action at the Hall of Fame, and they got it. Motley Crue's taken first place in the fan vote at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Blink-182 had been in the lead in the online Voice Your Choice poll until this past weekend. The band's popularity had been surging since March when Netflix released the Motley Crue biopic, The Dirt. Oh, watch that. If you just want to have some fun, The Dirt is great fun. All right, and uh, one more quick note. Dogs. Dog's superior sense of smell is helping to detect cancer at its earliest stages. So researchers taking blood plasma from cancer patients, then they put them into one of eight canisters for the pups to sniff out. Now, the goal is not for the dogs to sniff cancer out in people, but rather to help scientists perfect an electronic nose that will. How cool is that? Researchers say an electronic nose will be able to essentially do the same thing as a trained dog snout, sniff for stage one ovarian cancer, a disease now that can only be detected in later stages. So if you want more information on this, it's a very cool story. KFIAM640.com, keyword wake up call. When we come back, we'll talk with ABC's Matt Wolf all about why you've got thousands of Game of Thrones fans petitioning HBO saying, do over, do over. Do over of what? We'll find out. Plus traffic in your forecast on your wake up call. Night of magic is coming. Donate now to help the American Red Cross. Join KFI on October 16th for a night of magic at a legendary mansion in the hills of Hollywood. 
Your charitable donations will grant you entrance and dinner with the KFI hosts, live broadcast of Tim Conway Jr.'s show, magical performances, and more. Single tickets are still available for $350 and group discount tickets are also available. Tickets are super limited, so buy now to help fund the American Red Cross Initiative to Get Prepared California. For more details, log on to KFIAM640.com, keyword Red Cross. It's your wake-up call. I'm Jennifer Jones-Lee, and let's say good morning to ABC's Matt Wolf. Matt, why in the world are people petitioning HBO and saying, we want a got do-over? Oh, legends will be made, Jen, and petitions will be signed. There is a disturbance in King's Landing. What's left of it, anyway? Um, here, here's what's happening. What you need to know here is that Game of Thrones, of course, wildly popular show. It is the final season. The final episode airs this Sunday, and there are a lot of folks that aren't happy about it. Okay, fans of the show, uh, a lot of fans. There's a vocal uh, minority, majority, depending on how you look at it, that are just not happy with the pacing of the show this year. Everything feels rushed. There are less episodes. They're not happy with things like the Starbucks debacle from a couple of weeks ago. They're not happy with the way the Battle of Winterfell was shot, that their television screens look black. They're not happy with especially the turn of a lot of the characters of late, without getting too spoilery, especially with Daenerys Targaryen, our mother of dragons. They're like, no, wait, she can't do that. Oh, but she did. So anyway, what's been going on is that group has started a petition on Change.org urging HBO, wait for it, to remake Game of Thrones Season 8 with competent writers. Ouch. <laughs> All right. So while, while adorable and passionate, <clears throat> and I appreciate that, how feasible is this? Uh, how do you feel about zero? Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. How do you feel about two years worth of filmmaking now that they're just going to scrap right? But I, I, I want to go on to read the sentence here about David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, according to the petition, have proven themselves to be woefully incompetent writers when they have no source material, i.e. the books, to fall back on. The series deserves a final season that makes sense. Subvert my expectations and make it happen, HBO. Okay. Oh, we'll get right on that, fans. I'm sorry we disappointed you. We'll do it again. All right. Now, listen, I, I, I want to bring everybody to circle here. Let's 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 everybody get in the group here uh, for, for a moment. This is not to, you know, disparage anybody that has opinions and who people who are passionate about properties like this and lost in Star Wars, The Sopranos, Star Trek Discovery. There's always going to be people who are going to be hypercritical of the shows. And you know what? That's OK. That creates more conversation that furthers things maybe like plot and, you know, the writing in the future, you know, there are people out there, you know, that are behind these properties that do actually listen to the fans, that do take things into account because they know these are sacred cows for these people. Characters like, you know, Daenerys Targaryen or Luke Skywalker or Tony Soprano or Spock from Star Trek. And everyone's got that vision of how the show should go according to them or how it should end or how this character's arc should go. But at the end of the day, it's up to the writers here and it's up to them to square it on their shoulders and say, look, we're putting it out there from a creative standpoint. This is where we see things going. Matt, thank you as always. You are a very fair man. I love you're <laughs> seeing it from both sides. Yeah, that's what they tell me. Okay. <laughs> see you later. Have a great one. We'll talk to you, John. All right. Take care. This is KFI and KOSTHD2 Los Angeles. 
We lead local. Live from the KFI 24-hour newsroom, I'm Jennifer Jones-Lee. This has been your wake-up call. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.